Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Needham. I am an Amazon seller and uh, a troubleshooter, and but more than anything, I, I run myself into problems. And I had a very annoying problem hit me like last November. Um, we had uh, some products stuck at a UPS facility in Canada for months. Uh, this was, uh, we were like, okay, you know, this product is, we want to get it closer to, we actually, I think we're already, we're selling it in the uh, NARF program, but we're like, it was a guaranteed we were going to sell this. So like we could probably make a little bit more margin, a little bit more, you know, faster sell through if we shipped it to Canada. Well, I got stuck. This is a COVID story um, where like, uh, Canada fulfillment centers wouldn't accept it. And even if we could have the quantity limits uh, work right, we still couldn't get uh, anything. And so we finally ultimately gave in and said, just ship it back to us in the US, which was probably one of the hardest things. Like, like I, I mean, I didn't do a lot as you'll see, but when I saw the back and forth, like every single time, um, it, it just it just looked more painful. So um, I actually had been talking with uh, my guest who we have for today's uh, episode, Pearl Ausch from First Choice Shipping. I reached out to her basically saying, help. <laughs> and um, her team so quickly jumped in and uh, handled all the, the tricky things, what it took to get that product back to the US across the border. Um, so Pearl, welcome to the podcast and thank you. Hi, thank you, Scott. First, thanks for reaching out. To me, you know, I, I take such satisfaction in being able to take a problem and make it, you know, and solve it, make, make something good out of it. You know, my role in the company is on the implementer. So all the issues come to me and I love solving them. And we did that for you. Yeah, put a smile on my face. I'm being totally honest. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I think most of the time we always have the perspective of getting stuff, you know, uh, is say you want to ship international. So it's like, you know, crossing other people's borders, you know, going into Canada, going into to uh, Europe and the UK. And then all of a sudden if things get reversed, like all of a sudden it's like a different set of issues. You feel like it should be easy, but um, the uh, uh, it didn't really feel very easy when I saw like, you know, six or seven UPS um, people tagged uh, on every email thread and they're asking for like this or this or this like exemptions and documents and FDA or whatever. And we're like, like, just, yeah, we'll just, <laughs> let's just do it. Um, so do you actually, if, if you want to, it may be helpful to actually describe what did happen. Like what were the, the, the clearances that we had to go through? Yeah, so great question. So pretty much what happened was, is that they, they wanted a certain set of paperwork. And when you don't get through to the right person in a corporate company, what ends up happening is, um, one, one, one piece of paper doesn't come enough, right? And you send, you send one piece of paperwork and they're like, okay, but now we need this, right? Uh, and now we need that. And what we realized very quickly is that you're just not right, you're not in touch with the right people. And 
based on you know what we do every day, which is which is exactly this, right? Taking shipments cross border, no matter where where that Amazon location might be. And in your case, let's say it was Canada, we've dealt with so many of these that we knew right away based on what the issue was that they just needed somebody that actually knew they were talking about. And the team got through and you know escalated to you know the best people at UPS and, and they're a fantastic company, but you know, when it comes to e-commerce and it comes to Amazon, there's so many different rules and they keep changing. And if your core focus in the business is not that, then that's that's not something that you're going to be able to get an answer from everybody in the organization. No. And if you're going to get through to the wrong person, which is like what happened by you, it's so frustrating. Um, and, and I could totally understand how you, you were losing your mind probably. Um, but our team just, you know, sprung into action, got through to the right person and, and just made sure to get it done. And, you know, for my end, it was just painful to see, how, you know, that bill that you ended up getting, which was like insane. I think you could like $1,600 just to get a shipment returned back to you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just closed my eyes at that point. I was just like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't want to dive in because it'll probably make me more frustrated. So um, actually, Canada has had a, a very unique thing in that they've the government uh, there has disrupted Amazon in in a unique way. Like, I think yeah. as far as like shutting down fulfillment centers. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I think they didn't see it as like, you know, essential, um, essential as like, say, like grocery stores. I mean, uh, when I talk to people that uh, are working in Canada, they say that like this is a year into the into COVID. They're like, hey, remember that first week that you first two weeks uh, of lockdown for the U.S.? Well, we're still there. Yeah. So um it's been really tough uh, with uh, your clients shipping into Canada. Um, uh, what what have you seen? How would you uh, uh, classify things? So in the beginning, it's it's been a disaster. I, I, I know, yeah, at least for a good three, four months, um, you know, I had these customers that were selling, you know, sick amount of uh, product and in Canada calling me up and they're like, I'm in the wrong field. I should be doing real estate. I don't know what I'm doing. They were, they were losing their minds because they were, you know, letting go of people. It's, it's been really, really difficult, but we, we've seen, we've seen the market jump back very quickly. And, but like sales have been through the roof for sellers. Um, we've seen for ourselves, you know, obviously, you know, those four months, we personally also had shipments across the board went down, right? If most fulfillment centers were getting shut down, but Canada, I would say, has been definitely from the forefront where they were totally shut down, like you said, more than any other country. You know, everybody else sort of like worked together with Amazon. Here it was just complete shutdown. But when they started opening back up, I would say since August, it's been much better. That's when we've seen this jump where people that used to do about 10% of sales that they did in the U.S. and Canada, they are doing close to 30. The our sellers really? are doing really, really, really well. Yeah. So, so what happened was is that, you know, sort of like they're, they're making back what they lost and people are, are doing way better than they ever did in Canada. So, you know, it's, it's been bittersweet, but definitely yeah. much better now. Well, um, 
So I've been doing NARF since as long as I've been able to, about three or four years. This is the North America Remote Fulfillment Program where like your inventory is in the U.S. and they will ship it and fulfill it into Canada. And um, for some reason, I don't know why, but uh, it's been a more important part of our business. Um, wow. I, think it, I think it started out as about one to 3% of our sales. And now it's turned into like five, six, 7% of our sales. Wow. And, um, we haven't changed anything of how we've done things. Um, I, I just have to imagine it has to do with, you know, just market, you know, competition, uh, pricing, right products, right time. I don't know. Um, and some of our Canada sales like end up being our most profitable ones. I'm like, wow, like there's a $30 profit on that. Um, so, um, it certainly is a unique market. You can't treat it the same as like the U S competition's different, but the demand is different. You know, sports that might be big here in the U S actually may not be the, the same over there. Like, um, we have a pickleball paddle and I started looking at just a few days ago. I was like, okay, this is different. Cause in the U S it's kind of taken off. I'm not sure if it is there mm. in Canada. So, um, certainly some, uh, interesting things. And in fact, I actually, I, I, I didn't really mean to like bring this up, but like, um, with smart scout, we actually are taking a brand and showing, uh, the estimate revenue in the different markets. Uh, this is, you know, something we're releasing in the next week. And, wow. and so like it, it can play very well to like showing, you know, how uh, it does compare because sometimes, you know, like you said, it could be 10% of sales. Sometimes it could be up to 30% of sales and, and uh, you just, you know, you, you, you don't know until you try hundred <laughs> percent. But I think that the, I'm just thinking now, you know, the increase that you're seeing is very similar to that. What we're seeing with sellers that are doing FBA, um, you know, you're, you're also seeing sort of like a 10% increase very close. Um, I guess more like 8%, but with us, we're seeing that increase with FBA as well. And I do want to mention that, Sellers that switch from NARF to FBA do typically see an 80% better conversion, 80% okay. increase. Um, and, and the NARF program was initially designed by Amazon to entice people like you to say, wow, this Canadian market is like really a thing. How can we now take it to another level? Yeah. They want you to do FBA. No, the economics works slightly better. I, I, I mean, obviously you have to like pay to ship it there, but like, I mean, um, you know, there's a few dollars of extra margin there if you get it closer to the shopper right. and, you know, they're not hit with these extra uh, fees. Fees so, and taxes. Yeah. And, and, right. they get, and they get it, I think, a few days faster. So, I mean, obviously if you have sales in Canada through NARF, that's great. You tested the water uh, and, you know, you can easily expect to get that many sales or more um, if it's just in the country. Right. And being more profitable, like you said, the FBA fees are, are going to be cheaper, um, right? Because Amazon does charge quite a bit on each product that they're fulfilling through NARF. So it's probably a good half or more that you're, you're going to be saving per, per sale. Yeah. Based on that, obviously so, you want to find good, good cheap shipping rates and, and all that, making sure that it's successfully getting delivered. 
So um, let, let me present a scenario. I am a, a seller. You know, I don't want to really jump in and like under, uh, learn more than like what I need to. Um, but when it comes to international, uh, there's certainly potential headaches. And um, and I want to reduce those. But like, say, going into Canada, and let's just pick on them as, as we're on it so people can really learn. Um, there's usually a tax compliance component uh, and then uh, like an importer of record where you actually can ship the things across. And then, you know, your products actually do have to, uh, you know, uh, comply. Like if, if you're shipping grocery across the border, that uh, creates issues with some countries. So, um, you know, there's a variety of things that you just have to uh, no, before you ship. Is there anything else? And like, what, what, what is uh, required in Canada? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's all the boring stuff. Nobody wants to really hear about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't even talk to me about it. Well, and, um, and, the, and the thing is, I don't want to get myself in a relationship in an arrangement where like, um, that I have to pay money in a year. It, it, say I chose to pull out. Um, I don't want to be like, well, I have to like pay this like compliance fee every year. This like uh, this registration, like I just want to be able to like test it, and if it works, keep going, you know, and then or then like get out. Yeah, I don't want like to put myself in like a weird commitment. If that makes 100%. sense. You want you want to test the waters, and if it does yeah. well, it's it's not an expense that is like not going to make any sense. You want to be profitable, right? So it, it's very simple, right? Like like you said, there's there's a couple steps that you want to take, and definitely want to help someone find someone that could actually help you and not do this on your own because it it sounds really overwhelming and it it, it is overwhelming. You want to definitely make sure your product is compliant for one, right? You don't want to start shipping and then find that your product is held up for various reasons um, or confiscated and doesn't arrive there. That's, that's dead on arrival, that market, right? You don't want to deal with that. That's one. You then, once you know your product is fine, you want to register for the proper, you know, tax um, stuff, you know, the, the boring <laughs> stuff. So you need something called an NRI number, non-resident ID. Basically, anytime you're selling to a market like Walmart, Costco, Amazon, um, Canadian Tire, they do not want to take any responsibility for any taxes, right? Normally, when you're shipping globally, the way it works, the person that receives the product needs to pay the duties and taxes upon arrival. Now, when it comes to Amazon, they want to have a great customer experience, right? They don't want people getting a delivery and the UPS guy or the DHL guy is like, oh, you actually have a balance of $20. Would you like to write out a check or give us a credit card? They don't want that. They want the delivery to happen smooth. Everybody, Everybody's happy, right? So in this case, you need, to, you need to register for something called an NRI number and a brokerage account, which basically will have all the billing stuff go to you, the shipper, and no liable taxes will be on the delivery end. So in this case, let's say Amazon, right? So that's number, where are we up to? Number two, right? Then you do need to make sure you're in touch with the right accountant to file your taxes properly. So you need to register for GST, make sure that you're filing your taxes, there's GST, PST, HST, you know, that's so many different terms. So get a professional to do that for you and file your taxes properly. And that's that. And then you want to plan returns, right? Yeah. 
what happens with returns? The same way Amazon doesn't provide free shipping getting into cross-border countries, same idea with returns. How do you get returns back? You don't want that getting disposed by Amazon. So you need to have a solution in place for that. As long as you have an ecosystem of all this together, which actually first choice shipping does offer, we do all this, then you're good to go. And then you could just focus on the selling. Right. So um obviously there's like expenses along the way. I mean, growing your, your business requires that, but let's take a scenario where someone wants to dip their toe in. They want to ship a hundred units. Um, and you know, at wholesale cost, this is probably say, like, uh, you know, $1,500 or a thousand dollars. Um, what is it going to take an additional investment to actually get this product in front of consumers? Yeah, so that, that's, a, that's a great question. So obviously it varies on the kind of product. Every single product has a different tax amount. Usually it's about 5% going into Canada, but it depends. It really depends on the product. Um, and we, we could definitely look into that. But to give you an idea on rates, the rates are super cheap. It's as low as $1.15 a pound. Okay. okay. Going directly to the carrier, you're paying three times that. Yeah. So this this is a this is a steep discount, right? And and we have very minimum very minimal shipments that you very minimum amount of pounds that need to be in these shipments. They're they're really really cheap. But you brought up a good point about the value, and I and I do want to expand on that because that's a big mistake we find sellers that are starting out don't know. But when you're shipping it to Amazon's fulfillment center, the value that you're going to let customs know is on the product is your cost, your wholesale cost. We find time and time again where sellers are like, oh, I'm selling it for 200 bucks. I'm going to have to put down 200 times the amount of units I have. That's not the case. The goods are not sold yet. So you have to put down whatever cost it is for you and whatever cost that you produce it. And we, we found so many sellers where we got like an alert, like, oh, the value from the shipment is really high and the size of the shipment is really small. And we call them up and we say, just making sure there's no mistake here. There are other marketplaces, like if you're shipping directly to Amazon Germany, the German government does require whatever is listed on Amazon. That's the price tag you need to put onto it. And it's a whole different conversation on how to ship with Amazon Germany. It's complicated. We have a solution for it, but shipping directly to Amazon Germany for this reason is so intricate because people need yeah. to lay out so much on taxes and it hits your cash flow. Um, so that was a good point you brought up about the wholesale value. People should be very aware of that. So in, in this case, as low as $1.15 a pound, um, how much did you say the weight would be? Let's say 100 pounds. You're talking, let's say, you know, $100, $120 for such a shipment. Plus there's like a clearance fee from the carrier of about $18. Let's put everything together, maybe $250. Divide that by the amount of items you have. It's cheap. Obviously, I wouldn't recommend, you know, small parcel delivery for a big item something that takes up a lot of space, like a pillow or, you know, uh, uh, how do you say, a, a mattress, right? That's something that's not, that people are like, yeah, I'm like, no, that's going to have to go by truck, which, you know, that's another service that we can help with. But in this case, the service is fast, gets in there quickly, two days, it's an Amazon's facility. And the rest, the rest goes on from there. Hopefully you do really well, like Scott. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there, there's there's definitely hoops to jump. And uh, while we did pick on Canada, um, 
there are a lot of other Amazon markets, um, and some of the newest ones are, uh, you know, Singapore, um, uh, UAE. Does UAE have uh, fulfillment centers? Yes. Yeah, so UAE is actually pretty pretty big. Um, Amazon actually launched that together with us uh, about three years ago, I would say. They reached out to us. They said, could you help us expand FBA there? Could you facilitate shipping? What is needed? What are the tax requirements? What are the importer of record requirements? And we built a program together with them. And then they launched FBA. And just, just, to, just so you know, any seller that is working with an Amazon rep that Amazon reaches out and says, hey, Scott, you're doing so well in the U.S., we think you should explore the UAE market or the Canadian market. The rough's next step is going to be, okay, we can recommend you use First Choice Shipping because they're going to be able to help you with everything you need yeah. in order to successfully sell. So for the UAE as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a great market, but obviously it depends on what you're selling. Singapore is, they're putting a drive on that one now. And it's hot. It's really, really hot. And, you know, the ones that start early, you know, when the markets are fresh and new, those are the ones that are there for the long term. And it's exciting. It's very exciting for us to see those that started out from the very beginning when these marketplaces emerge and still in it and growing. You know, we see the number of shipments increasing with our with our uh, portfolio. So it's, it's exciting for us. Um, you know, every marketplace is, is something else. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are these two? I, I'm just because you know you're you're a little bit closer to the situation. I know Brazil kind of has one. Uh, it, yes. They don't have FBA yet. So not yet, but we we hope to be able to start helping with with FBM as well, Merchant Fulfilled. So okay. when when we get there, they asked us about Turkey just just last week. Um, if we could facilitate that, we hope by Q3 to be able to facilitate uh, Merchant Fulfilled as well. Um, uh, that's to Turkey, right? To Turkey, Brazil, wherever it's going to be, Merchant Fulfilled will open yeah. it up to everywhere. All right. All right. Well, um, now, um, and then the obvious, the, the one that people like definitely know is, uh, Europe. And so, yeah. um, uh, uh, we're trying, we're worth thinking about, uh doing some europe right now you know but you have to like ship to two different places now uk oh, oh there's a big update from yesterday i don't know if you saw that oh really you they just it, it was already cooking the last few months where it was by invite only the efn program where sellers had to ship it only to the uk and then amazon fulfilled it this was before brexit right before brexit yeah where Europe was uh, a separate entity, uh, sorry, one entity, you were able to ship to the UK and then Amazon through the, bless you, by the way, yeah. the EU program um, was able to fulfill it to all the other marketplaces like Germany, Spain, Italy, France, right? Now, after Brexit, they couldn't do that anymore because there's a border now between the UK and the rest of Europe, right? So what happened yesterday is Amazon started rolling it out pretty much for everybody where you're, I think you're opted in automatically. You have to opt out where there's EFN back in the game where basically you could ship it to the UK and then they'll, they'll ship it to you. They'll ship it to the customers in Germany and France, Italy, Spain. So there's two programs just, just so the listeners are aware. Yeah. Where there was the pan EU program and then there was the EFN program. The pan-EU program pre-Brexit meant that you sent to the UK your product and then Amazon took your 
the inventory just like in the US and they dispersed it to all FBA locations in the rest of Europe. So there was France, Germany, Italy, Spain, right? Now the benefit of that obviously is your product is closer to the customer, automatically you have better optimization, cheaper shipping, faster shipping, and your product is gonna sell better to people that are closer to where the fulfillment center is. Now, post-Brexit, because the border is now closed and there's duties and taxes that are needed, right? They stopped the program, the pan-EU program. Now, what's left with, what, what Amazon stayed with is the EFN program, which is the European so you're Network. Now the EFN program is back in. EFN is back in the game where you send your product to the UK, and then Amazon is not dispersing inventory to FBA location. So you don't need to be that registered for anywhere in the rest of Europe because the law is wherever your product is stored, that's where you need to be liable for taxes. What they're doing is the European Fulfillment Network means Amazon will ship it directly to the consumer in the rest of Europe as long as it's under 150, I think it's under 150 pounds or dollars, I'm not sure. Most probably pounds. And they fulfill it directly. So you ship to one place now. This is relevant because I'm, we're about to make decisions around this. So EFN works again. Uh, can you have your stuff stored in the UK and still sell in the local markets like, you know, Amazon, uh, France? Yes. So that's exactly what's open now. So as long as the product is under 150 pounds in value, because basically the law is if it's under 150 pounds of value, there's no taxes. Right? So Amazon is able to ship directly to these customers in France now or in Germany because there's no there's no issue at the border. They can do pan EU because those are obviously bigger, bigger shipments and those are going to be liable for taxes on Amazon's end. So they can do it. But EFN is back open. Now I, I would say it's very similar to the idea of NARF, like in your case. Yeah. Right? Because what I've read about this this new program, the EFN program that's back in the game is that it's expensive, right? The fulfillment fees are expensive, which makes sense, right? Amazon has to ship a longer distance now and has to be a faster shipping option, even though it's a longer distance because they want to keep to their, their KPIs and metrics. So it's a good testing mechanism, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's something that you want to do long-term. The minute yeah, you see, right. I'm doing well in Germany, let's ship directly into Germany, right? So uh, this is actually, that's really cool. Like I had no idea. I'm glad that we have a podcast today. Uh, fits me for a few reasons one that they just changed that and yeah. yeah that's really interesting um and uh just because you know <laughs> we made some deep inventory investments uh because of the supply chain to try and get ahead of it and now with some products we are uh you know we're like well we gotta like sell this stuff so Let's wow. let, let, let's let's open up like it, it's it's time like we've already paid for that inventory. It's time to just move it across. So um, I'm actually a little I'm kind of excited for that. I think there's uh, some uh, some potential. Absolutely. The European market is huge. Yeah. You're doing at least 20 percent of what you're doing in the U.S. and in the U.K. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, I totally believe that. Um, and. Can't wait to report back. I mean, I, I really hope like, uh, but this stuff, sometimes it just takes time to, to get things rolling. Um, let's see. So now, um, is is there anything else that like you feel is like uh, changing um, in the ecosystem of, uh, you know, 
international uh, in the uh, in this year. Like, uh, it feels like the quantity limits have kind of uh, been relaxed a little bit. Yes, um, yes. But I did know that that quantity limits were a little bit harsher in other countries, Canada and Europe. Do you where where do you think things are going? So it's it's way better, obviously, for Q4. You know, Amazon opened it up, and they they didn't assure us that they're going to definitely do their best to keep it that way. Um, but obviously, we can't know what's going to be. But as long as you do keep your inventory flow going, where you're consistently keeping yourself stocked, then you you could always go ahead and ask Amazon to increase the quantities if if it's needed. But I haven't heard anybody complaining in the last three months easily about any issues. And, and even as we've headed into Q1, none, none again, which, you know, they, they're very quick to let us know when the issue is up, let me tell you, because we are the first person that, you know, it gets hit by. It's like, you know, I can't ship in a big enough shipment. What can we work out? How can I ship smaller? Can I, you know, what, what can we do? Can we split the shipment? So we're always going to be the first point of contact that we'll hear about these these limits, and and thankfully we we haven't we haven't seen any of that. And I'm talking for all countries. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, we still are having an issue where we can't do an AGL container because yeah. it just like takes up too much and just locks out a lot of units for and. We did get an increase last week. Oh, we wow. probably need a little bit more. So I'm um, trying to do what we can on that front. But um, did you hear of this new cool thing that Amazon's doing? Totally out of the scope, but I feel like listeners would find this totally fascinating. We spoke to a seller yesterday where Amazon is offering to come into their own 3PL facilities and lock off a certain amount of space and sort of like gate it well, it becomes it becomes amazon space they bring yeah. their own employees to run your 3pl on their behalf they provide the shipping and everything sort of amazon takes over your entire operation i thought that was well, that sounds like yeah it sounds close to fba on-site which it's incredible um there was a program called fba on-site that was similar to that they, okay I think they took it away, but that sounds slightly different. If they're bringing in their own employees, their own employees. Yeah. Yeah. That's really unique. I have to imagine that, um, not everyone's going to qualify. Yeah. 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 No, that, that was a substantial size seller that's shipping out, you know, yeah. thousands and thousands of FPM packages a day from their facility. And I guess it was worth it for Amazon. I was like, wow, this is insane. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, interesting. That's pretty cool. Um, well, there always are, you know, new programs, and like I think a lot of people like listen because they just want to like, you know, take one nugget that they could apply to their own business. And I hope um, those that are listening today did get something like that. Um, uh, well, I mean, uh, Pearl, thanks you so much, like for like you know helping. Uh, my business get that inventory back in yeah it costs us a lot but i think the inventory value was more and that actually was kind of our calculation of like 
well, it's going to cost us to send it back. But like right now, that inventory is uh, worth more than what it'll cost. And so let's do it. Um, but Can I give out an offer for your listeners before we? Yeah, no, of course. Um, so I, I know that, you know, people heard a little bit about the opportunity of selling in Canada based on our conversation. So if there's, there's anybody that is interested in getting started, um, I'm going to offer a discount of $100 off the NRI registration, which is needed in order to get started. And as long as you mentioned the promo code Smart Scout, and we'll, we'll get you started. And within three weeks, you could be doing FBA in, uh, in Canada. And like, like all the things we mentioned, we can help you with every service needed and make this actually successful for you and hopefully add on much needed revenue like a lot of sellers need for this year. And um, yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's very generous. Yeah. And like, I don't try and do this stuff yourself. Um, I, if you're be good at selling on Amazon and use a service provider, that's my huge recommendation. Um, and so Pearl, thank you so much for coming in and talking uh, and like giving that offer and also just helping me in a time of need because yeah, while I do spend a lot of time on smart scout, We've got a lot of you know fun things that we do there. I'm still a seller. I'm still jumping in the weeds, and um, you know actually like I'm pretty uh, interested in international again. Um, so awesome. uh, good good timing. Well, um, that wraps up uh, today's episode. Everyone, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, stay tuned to the next one. So make sure you subscribe. And I hope you have a great day. One, two, three. Yeah.